Hey, welcome to Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patron Kyle Hammond. I'm Matt Enlow. And I'm Warren Kaplan, and today we have Don Shirell on. He is a director that has done some of the best commercial campaigns on TV right now. He is most well-known for doing many, many Geico spots. And through our conversation, we found out that he does those commercials in a very non-traditional way. Yeah. Really genuinely blew our minds in a way that we were not expecting. So like the surprise that you feel in the moment in the interview is 100% genuine. Which is basically that Don also writes those commercials. And that is not a thing that ever happens in traditional TV commercials. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We're always wishing. God, I wish I could tweak things or like plus things and and sometimes we get to but it's never from whole cloth that we get to originate the ideas yeah so not only is he directing geico spots which you know if you're not into commercials i'm telling you right now geico makes the best spots in the world and ever uh he also is like a dp and he does did second unit on resident evil he did second unit on Rambo. <laughs> he shoots commercials for other directors, like giant directors. Uh, and he just has a real interesting path from high school dropout to Oscar winning director DP to uh, Geico commercial director. He's yeah. kind of all over the place. And the kicker, he doesn't live in LA. It's a real roller coaster of an interview. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Before we talk to Don, though, let's talk about our Patreon real quick. Uh, yeah, our Patreon, patreon.com slash justshootitpod. You can get stickers, you can get inside info. Most importantly, you can get a Just Shoot It Pod hat. Yeah, um, the hats have been going like hats. How many do we have left? It might be in the single digits. The Patreon, in case you're wondering, is just a way that you can just say, hey, I like this podcast, I tune in every week, it's helping me out with some things, and I want to help Matt and Oren pay the editors, uh, you know, pay for their fees and maybe throw more live events which we are planning on doing soon yeah uh it's kind of like if you think it's worth it to buy our editor for all of her hard work a coffee every month just one just a latte she's behind you in line you're like hey jay thanks so much enjoy a a cappuccino that's kind of the uh, the spirit of what we're trying to get out of the Patreon. Cool. Well, let's get into the wild ride of Don Sherrell. Okay, we are here with Don Sherrell, straight out of Baltimore. <laughs> That's uh, true. And so I think we were talking before we started recording that you're one of our first guests. This is episode 170. One of our first guests that does not live in L.A. The, the Delt guys being the main oh, right. exception but that's a working like regularly working yeah. filmmaker you're working all the time making a ton of stuff yeah i just i can't do the traffic <laughs> i can't i can't do it I, I, and, I, and i'm a bad hitchhiker people see me and they're like mm, <laughs> baltimore yeah there's something about him yeah yeah there's a there's an episode of csi waiting to happen i don't want to be a part of i'm just trying to get to work i don't need to pick this guy up so how often would you say you're at home versus traveling for work? Uh, well, I'm, I'm as home as often as I can be because I, I have four kids. Um, and I blame my wife mainly for that <laughs> because I couldn't do it by myself. But I, I, uh, I'm home. It's usually a you know, few weeks stint mm-hmm. and then on the road for a week or two. I try to... Movies and, and, and commercials are very different things, obviously. Uh, the process is very different. So, like, commercials, if I'm DPing, you know, if I'm if I'm just the cameraman on the gig, I can travel a lot less. If I'm directing, it's usually, you know, sure. for one week of shooting, three weeks on the road. Right. Like that. Yeah, you're stuck in meetings talking about, you know, what color the pillows are going to be in how great the shoot's going to be. <laughs> they don't even let me lie that much anymore. <laughs> they, I, uh, I try to do it like location scout, tech scout, shoot. Like three days in a row? No, like for every shoot week. Initial location scout. Right. Tech scout. Shoot. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. So like if we're shooting for a week, first thing we do is location scout. That's a week. Then I'm home. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Boy. Got to select yeah. them. Sure. Right. Wait, this is for commercials. How often mm-hmm. are you shooting like for a week for commercials? Is that pretty often? 
He's nodding yeah. his head. Yes. Wow. A couple yeah. times, a quarter, I guess. Twice yeah. a quarter or something like that. Because uh, no, are you shooting an entire campaign at once? Yeah. 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 It's usually campaigns. Because these are mostly, you do mostly 30 second like broadcast spots, right? Yeah. 30, 30 second broadcast, you know, and then you have your lifts, whatever they are. Depends on the buy. Six second, 15s. 10s seem to have sure. gone Got out away. the window, I guess. But yeah. That's so funny because I, the, especially my travel jobs, we'd narrow things down remotely and then I'd go scout like my favorite three or so. For your initial location scout. For my initial location scout. And then the next day, we would go with the tech scout. The next day? The next day, yeah. I guess it depends on. Yeah. I mean, I think. How do you get permits? That's a good question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think maybe they had already, like, started to pull them in advance. Okay, okay. Yeah. It depends on where you're shooting to, right? Yeah. You're talking about, like, Ohio and. Ohio. Now, remember, here's here's the other thing. I I don't do the whole agency deal. Oh, interesting. Wait, what, yeah. wait, how do you mean? Yeah. What does that mean? I shoot directly for the brands. Ahahaha. Ah, that's a big difference. Yeah. Because you so left there's out. No, there's no PPM. Like, uh-huh. there's no tap dance of, like, this. my joke about, oh, the shoot's going to be so great. Yeah. There's, there's a whole no, meeting for that. Yeah, there's that no. That you don't have to do. Yeah, it's a different It's wait, a different who writes the script? I do. What? The, all the Geico spots? Mm-hmm. You write the well, script? Well, not all of them. But the ones that I do, yeah. Yeah, so hold on. But we, we really need to unpack this because Orna and I walked in with a handful of assumptions. Having directed plenty of commercials, you were doing it in a totally different th- way than we are totally familiar different. with. And, well, Geico, arguably one of the top three brands for commercial, making famous commercials right now, right? And for the last like 10 yeah. years or whatever. Yeah. You would assume that they would do it traditionally. Yeah. Well, you know, they they're really great at they're really great at a lot of things, obviously. And one of the things they are Saving great. Saving you 15% or more in <laughs> yeah. just 15 minutes. They are. They are 15, 15 minutes. Could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Uh, but one thing they're great at is, <clears throat> I think, dissecting the amount of marketing horsepower mm-hmm. that an agency usually absorbs. I think they do it internally in such a massive way. Right, right. They're very in tune with exactly how the industry works and and what the needs are, and they're 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 a they're a pretty ingenious brand. I mean, Warren Buffett, obviously, uh, who owns Geico. I know, did not realize that. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, not either. God, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the part where I start going off. God, this is where I get like, uh, do I get Sorry. in trouble? You're like, these idiots don't know. <laughs> no, 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 What's no. A camera? It's it's, yeah. it's uh, I'm sure he's like on the cover of Forbes right now, saying like. I'm a genius for having Geico or, you know, like that's, that's on us is what I'm saying. They have a great formula. They have a great formula and I don't know how it works. Look, great, greater minds than I, uh, are behind the way that they sort of gain market share and Mm -hmm. they, and they, and they do all the great things that they do. And when it comes to marketing and advertising, they are for a very specific reason, like, America's sweetheart of a brand mm-hmm. because they are so in tune with how that works, how that system works. And then they, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a very privileged position to have, have worked for them for more than a decade mm-hmm. and shot for them and, and written for them. And I started writing radio campaigns for them a long time ago. Wow. And they're really brilliant at what they do. And it's a very freeing thing for someone who's a content creator like me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and the team of people that we have. We're, we're a fairly small team. I mean, there's not a, we're not a huge company. It's only 12 of us. And we are, you know, given the great luxury and the, and the opportunity to write and create these campaigns that millions of people see. Yeah. And... There's nothing illogical about it. It's very, <laughs> sure. it's yeah. very like. Well, wait. So do they come to you with a brief? Yeah, and they yeah. say, Start we, us from the beginning. We want to, you know, we have a new product, motorcycle insurance. We want to get like the old guys that are just buying Harleys in the Midwest or whatever. Like, yeah. When do they come to you, and what do you know at that point? Basically, do well, they have a product, and then they say, "Hey, Don, can you pitch?" Or like, how do, how does it work? Or can you not say? I probably can't say all of the details about it. it it's a multi-layered process mm-hmm. that, that occurs. But I will say this. When they come to us 
with the task at hand. It's a very specifically well-designed mm-hmm. bullseye mm-hmm. for us to hit. And Gotcha. Like, for instance, it would be like, hey, we're targeting this demo and we want to incorporate these things like sport like broad generalities like sports or food or something like that mm-hmm. is it is yeah, it yeah yeah certainly and then from a production execution that's sort of where they you know like for us to yeah then you're running pick up it. the ball and yeah, run yeah. with it or whatever but what about writing the actual script like the creative you do all comedy or mostly comedy i I try to do mostly comedy. Sometimes it comes out like really intense. (laughs) (laughs) You're always aiming for comedy. I always aim for comedy. Comedy is like, it's funny. It's like music, you know, it haunts you. Mm -hmm. Because once you're exposed to it, you chase it. Once you chase it, you try to get it. You don't. You wonder why. And it's this perpetual momentum that you're, you're, you're sort of like, a slave to forever. Mm-hmm. At least that's how it works for me. You just want to make people laugh. And when you want to make people laugh, you, you don't stop. You don't stop because the room doesn't laugh anymore. Then you pick up a camera. You, you know, the, the, your joke doesn't land. You write new jokes. You know, you mm-hmm. just, it, it, it haunts you. It, 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 it propels whatever. The experience of first making people laugh will propel you to continue to make people sure. laugh. Yeah, yeah. It's addictive. Yeah, it is. So, okay, so you come, so Geico comes to you and then you start pitching ideas or are they like, hey, we want a man to karate chop some wood? (laughs) Or maybe does it make sense to even broaden it out a little bit because you said you don't do the agency thing in general. Is that true? So it's not just Geico, it's kind of like... We write the spots and we shoot and deliver the spots. Yeah. And I would say Geico is pretty much the agency. Gotcha. You know, yeah, yeah. In in like sort of housing the like the media buy and all that stuff. Well, yeah, that and then the deliverable list mm-hmm. and the whole yeah, the whole deal. You know, they sort of so it's a very holistic relationship. It sounds like like you get to yeah. do you. You're just like, hey, here's they cut you a check and then you come back with all the laundry list of things they asked for. <laughs> Basically, or no? <laughs> well, it's a little more like like um, are they on set? At all? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Have, yeah, like, no, they're totally involved. Yeah, stuff. it's okay. totally collaborative. It's more, I guess the process would be like, they allow us to sort of walk hand in hand with them mm-hmm. in developing the deliverables. Gotcha. And then we sort of wait for that design, mm-hmm. right? We wait for, for what that, the, the, the parameter of deliverables might look like. And, and so then... We started scripting. Interesting. So they're like, oh, we kind of have a hunch that we're going to need X number of cut downs and like X number of. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, yeah, they're pretty specific. I mean, they're pretty buttoned up. (laughs) (laughs) There's very little. I will say this. They're very good designers and they leave us very little room to screw up. And if we do, we're fired. (laughs) So, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they leave the, they're, they're smart people. I mean, these are brilliant people that really, leave the heavy lifting to us in our category mm-hmm. and then they do the heavy lifting in their category which which is a it takes a massive amount of burden mm-hmm. off of us so that we really can focus on creative and production and and really getting mm-hmm. the idea executed properly to the right. audience you know and and it's great because they happen to be the the one in a million I hate to say client, but they are, you sure, know, yeah. um, partner. I like to say we're partners. Um, they happen to be the one in a million partner that their trajectory aligns with ours and their trajectory, you know, is grounded in their fundamentals. And then our, our roots are in a complementary mm-hmm. industry that they sort of align. Yeah. It's well, like, let's, whoa, let's talk you know, about when does that happen? Actually. Because I'm curious, right? Because I think plenty of our listeners at home, maybe they live in Baltimore, maybe they live in Michigan, maybe they live in Chicago. Who knows? They're all over the country, all over the world. And they're all like, oh, man, Don figured it out, right? Like, how did you... So you said you started writing radio spots with them. Was that the way that you kind of began your career in advertising with all of these brands? Or or how did it happen? I'd rather be lucky than smart. 
and I was more <laughs> lucky than smart. And that's the truth of it, honestly. Uh, I was working in recording studios. I mean, I dropped out of high school, and I was like, wanted to be a musician, thought I would be a music producer. And um, realized very quickly at the, this was the late 90s, that that was not really an industry that was a feasible thing. Sure. So I started working in recording studios, and by that I mean like, hey, you guys hiring? No, we're not. <laughs> well, how do I like work here? Well, pay you know eighteen, twenty thousand dollars for your our sixteen week course, and you could be an intern. I'm like, sure. well, <laughs> w- only the one issue there don't have the eighteen grand. Yeah. So you know what I mean? And literally, there was somebody cleaning the bathrooms, and I was like, can I clean the bathrooms? How much are you going to charge for that? And I'm like, I'll, I'll do it for free. I'll clean the bathrooms. Just yeah, let me just teach out. me how yeah, to do Yeah, I that. just want to learn. I just yeah, want to yeah. learn. Like, I want to know what all those knobs do on the console. Yeah, yeah. Because that, to me, was like the path to music. Yeah. And that was it. That's all I saw. Well, that was also the wrong trajectory. But, <laughs> you know, I learned to clean a hell of a bathroom, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and uh, that was, that was uh, I learned how, how much vinegar was appropriate to mix with water and how much bleach you actually use. And, you know, I even folded the toilet paper in the triangle. But very then classy, I, very classy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but then I, I really did get exposure to proper recording techniques. When did you pick up a camera? Right, you're an audio guy. So right, you're you've got that technical knowledge. Yeah, I was mixing. I was doing post production for shows, uh, Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, just audio, or yeah, everything? yeah, just the audio. And I would mix this show. <clears throat> it was like a medical show. Mixing that and watching the visuals, I'm like, huh? And because I would see it pre color corrected, mm-hmm. and then I would see it come back color corrected, and I'm like. Well, I have to mix it right in the first stop, you know. I have uh-huh. to I have to I have to like get it right out of the gate. Sure, sure. They can shoot it and push this much and then that's what started like oh, my head going, you right. know. Wait a minute. So you saw behind the curtain a little bit. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And so I started from the beginning all over again. You know, and I'm like you clean I can the do on-set audio at the discovery show. <laughs> 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 they wouldn't hire me. <laughs> I, uh, I, I. Seen in production on you. I begged, yeah, I begged to get on set, and I boom operator. Yeah, I feel like um, your story is already so inspiring because, like, most people that we have here that just had a movie at Sundance or something, their first film or something. Oh, they rejected. They me. went to sure AFI. They went to this. They have went to Harvard. Then yeah. they did a this film school and this. And you're like, we've never had a bathroom cleaner slash boom up that is directing like the biggest campaigns in the nation <laughs> yeah, the biggest in the world. and um, writing them too I'll, i will I'll, I'll double down on boom opping it is the best uh, maybe scripty gets it the, you're tied for scripty in terms of just like being aware of what's happening on set right and being able to kind of observe and see what you want to do like you can steal the little tricks from the director you hear all the directing you know all of the things that are happening but you also are just responsible for your own department. So it's a sweet gig if you want to like learn how to learn how to direct. direct. Yeah. Without it being like a huge impact, you know, like that's a great entry point in that we don't really talk about very much on the yeah. show. Well, I yeah. always think there's like, if there's a closed set, who do you keep the director cam operator and the boom up? Yeah. And you right? hear everything. You know what I mean? You hear like those laughs are hot when the director's like, Oh, do it this way. And then you see you the results directly you know closer to the actors than like anyone else on set or their shoes or whatever you happen to be recording yeah wait Uh, so okay so how do you jump from boom op to director (laughs) well the director is the least qualified job on the whole set you know sure you can have very little technical expertise and make your way onto a set and that's not to say that's how everyone does it um but and and I didn't do it that way, but you know the the term director it took me a long time to realize how much weight that carried. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand like why that was a big thing because if we gotta pop the dolly onto the track 
and I know I got four grips on the job, and one of the grips is overdoing something else, grabbing something from the truck, mm-hmm. another another eight feet of track or ten feet of track sure. or whatever we need. I'm jumping in there to sure. to yeah. pop the dolly on because that was my job for a long time. Right, right. And you know, running cable was my job for a long time. So when you do that, people freak out a little bit. Well, I shoot with the same crew pretty okay. much, so they're totally used so, to so it. Everybody's cool like, okay, just let him do his thing. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, he 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 he's a nut. Because sometimes do his thing. I'll do that stuff, and I'll get one or two things. I'll get like people rolling their eyes, like, "All right, Wanlo, that's fine. We know you're one right, of the guys you're trying to it's, prove it." Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Or like, "Oh, you're kind of making us look bad." Like, yeah, like, it's like more of the shame thing. Like, uh, we can do this. Yeah, we yeah, we it. we've got it. Like, you don't need to help us out. We have the right number of people to do this job. Like, you're insinuating something by helping out. We don't come mm-hmm. in and, like, tell the actors what to do. Yeah, like, yeah. Why are you coming in? Maybe that's you? how they feel about me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but if, they, if they're your, your team, you know, if, they're, if you're with them all the time, yeah. then they, they, it's a different deal. So, okay. So, directing <clears throat> came from, I was doing radio campaigns. And then when you direct radio campaigns... It was a very unique experience because I went from an audio engineer to then being in in charge of a story. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would write it. Sometimes other people would bring it to me. And I would just close my eyes and listen. And I would hear the picture. You know, the picture has to live in your mind. You guys are directors. You know, it. it's like if you can't close your eye. I heard your podcast about a feature that that you're going to shoot in Puerto Rico. And you said, I had some notes about it and the deaths were awesome. But the relationships, they needed some work. And that's because you had to have closed your eyes and pictured the movie the way that you knew you'd have to live with it in the edit room. And you you pictured it, and you were like, "Yeah, I got some stuff I want to change about it," you know, because because that's your vision. You yeah. Know? Well, to me, the mark of like a good script, whether you're a director or not, if when you read it, you're picturing in it, not because the scene description is good, just because the flow makes mm-hmm. sense in your brain, then it's real easy to shoot. But when you're like, "Wait, why would she say that? Why would she do that?" Or, I thought the relationship was like this based on the previous scene. Now. It, it's weird. Like I thought she, like I pictured right. her as this angry character. It now distorts sudden, your your yeah. understanding of the character. But the when flow. it's written yeah. well and the story is flowing, it all like you're like, yeah, of course she'd be standing by the window. You know, mm-hmm. she loves light. She hates vampires. She whatever, loves windows. Know? Yeah, yeah. Right. So right. Yeah, just like you're saying, when you picture it in your mind, when you open your eyes, that's when you have to fight every obstacle. Mm-hmm. Budget, producers, <laughs> studios. Yeah, whoever fun, funding whatever it is schedules yeah all the all the stuff oh i Tell, i yes, think i did I, a horrible job no, no. saying where i went from radio to directing so no you th- said you find you had to to think about story for the first time story directing yeah, story directing actors. radio is tough so then you hear the whole thing and and all you have to supplement it is foley and sound effects against yeah you're like i can't use another fart sound here (laughs) well (laughs) if it was up to me you can't have too many (laughs) the uh (laughs) dude that's a very funny and very classy fart um when was the first time you stepped on set as director what was that job like it was a uh hvac energy company gotcha so like a local spot yeah regional yeah yeah and I lost so much money on that job, but I wanted it to look great. So, okay, this is this this is interesting. Yeah, this I, is I haven't great. thought this about this for a while. Okay, so so it was like the first gig, and I just wanted it to, you know, I was gonna, I just wanted to blow everybody's minds, you know. So you're the, the production company, and you're like, hey, we're gonna do the job, and I'm gonna direct it. So they're like, we want to do these TV spots. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. I'm like, yeah, we want to do 30 second spots and radio. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, we need one spot about heating and one spot about air conditioning. So I came up with this idea. I was like, well, we'll build a kitchen. Mm-hmm. I knew a guy that renovated kitchens. And I was like, hey, man, you, I remember you saying you, like, had extra kitchens, mm-hmm. right? right? Like, you would pull, like, yeah. crappy kitchens right. out of a house. Like, how much would it cost, like, instead of just taking it to the dump to, like, rebuild that kitchen? He's like, mm, I don't know, man. It might be like a thousand bucks. I was like, okay, cool. 
And my father-in-law still owns an ice company. So I was like, if we wanted to like freeze everything, he's like, oh, man, no problem. I'll do it for you. No problem. <laughs> sure. So we froze everything. <laughs> like I made it this whole ice. I, I, so I rebuilt this kitchen, and then I froze all of it. Like all the pieces, because he had this big warehouse, an industrial. So did like, you ice hold on? House. Did you pour water on top of it? You okay, missed it with a fan and freeze it slowly. It took me a week to freeze everything. <laughs> Wait, so and you... then I brought it. I rented this warehouse in the back of the church, uh-huh. this church, right, and brought each piece in frozen. And then I had this gag where I wanted the. F- Wait, how did I you wanted... keep it cold in the church? Was it winter? It was no. I brought it in just to shoot it, and then it was oh. all done. And then once it melted, Wait, it so, wilted. So it was over. Literally, your one set is, is melting as you're assembling it. Yeah. Hopefully, you're not using like 18Ks right next to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I didn't have big lights on it. I had you know small spots. So I wanted the dog to be frozen. <laughs> now this is I have no idea about you know animal. Sure. Like any of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just society, like, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a kid. You know, I don't know. So I went to these taxidermy shops. Uh-huh. Okay. And I found a fox. <laughs> right. I found a fox. <laughs> and I got a fox for like 150 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, if I put a collar, like with a tag <laughs> on the fox, and I drip that thing with ice, who's going to know it's not a dog? <laughs> right. Right. And if I have a cute little kid petting the fox, you're going to think it's a dog. So that's what we did. And so I had to like go to the taxidermy. Did it it work? I don't know why it's so funny to me. Yeah, it worked. It totally, it looked like a dog. But so I went, so I go to my father-in-law and I'm like, hey man, we got to freeze this fox. Now he used to be in production many years before he, you know, so he was like, yeah, man, let's do. It. I mean, he was all on board. Yeah, he, he was gets all on board. It. He, gets he supplied good, all good. the ice for Ladder Forty Nine. That, oh, that cool! Shot awesome. in Baltimore. Yeah, so he's like he he's been a big supporter of mine for a long time. He's a really good guy, and so got the fox from the taxidermy place. Thing I found out is for icicles to drip off of something, you have to freeze it slowly over time. Mm-hmm. If you just like flash freeze something, it won't work. Right, so right. the water has to like you want you know, it to make look. the yeah 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 right, the icicles stalag yeah, yeah. tight white whatever it's called I don't know yeah yeah so that's what we did so you were just slowly building your reel with regional commercials and your own company and then yeah you know I never thought about it like building a reel or anything like that it was like what's the next gig you know directing walking on the set the first time that was like the first the first gig and I think it it, it taught me how to produce. At the same time, mm-hmm. which was, you better have all of your solutions well before sure. you walk on on the day. You know, to me, you know, in my process, I don't, I don't solely focus on actors and performance. I, I forget who it was. I, I want to say Hitchcock. I'm I'm probably wrong. I, I can't remember who whose quote it was, but ninety percent of directing is casting. Sure. Yeah. Right. You want to have the environment there for people to I think Rick Rubin is such a great producer in this way. He he creates the environment for art to flow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we want the storm system to occur. We're bringing the bottles. Let's capture the lightning. To me, that's my approach to directing. It's like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you like how to make the, how to say this in a funny way. How to fart right. funny. How to fart funny. Yeah. yeah. You better know. You yeah. better know that you're this like, here's here's the like beans. that's kind of funny, yeah. but this is way funnier. <laughs> <laughs> like that's funnier. It is. <laughs> genuinely much funnier it's much funnier <laughs> and so and you're hoping that the people you bring uh, on are funnier than you in that absolutely. particular yeah you way. they they have to outact me because i'm a hack so they better when it comes to acting they 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 have to they have to they must i mean that's the gig well so let me i want to ask i mean because we're kind of running out of time a little bit but you're I mean, your stuff is so... The Geico stuff you've done, which is the stuff I'm most familiar of yours with, is mm-hmm. just so funny. What are your like? What are your tips in casting? 
And I'm also interested in locations, like what you look for in a location. I go, I go really deep into the locations, and I have a great location manager. She's the greatest location manager and, and, and scout, and, and here's the reason. We agree, and my whole crew, we're, we're all, we all agree on very basic core fundamentals, which are it starts with the story. Mm-hmm. It starts with the creative. And then the location is the story. That's the deal. You can't fake that part of it. Like, so how much of it can you not fake? Mm-hmm. Because we know we have to fake so much. And then actors respond to, a, to an environment where they're free to do their thing. They want to sing, man. They, they, they want to sing. They don't want to be told how to sing. They want to sing. If you can build an environment where they are free to feel like they can sing, Mm-hmm. And hit a wrong note and then course correct. That's way better than me coming in, interrupting their flow and saying, hey, man, you were off by half step. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah I sometimes like to say, let's make some mistakes. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> so so do you find that when you're in a casting session, like, are you still because I think, you know, we've been overruled every once in a while against our best instincts you know like like do you find that you're still kind of battling people in terms of who you think is right or or how does that work for you um or do they they are they like well done well it's up it's good well you know what look i go for it i go for it 100 percent, and i'm not always right Mm -hmm. i think you know the funniest thing is going to be if you play the scene like this and then there, this there's someone. This is in someone, the audition you're saying? Yeah. In the, well, in the callback, yeah. And then they, the, the actor might say, well, I kind of thought the character is maybe not so dominant. You know, maybe they're subordinate in this way, but they're sort of, you know, uh, surreptitiously saying mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. Or there's someone, you know, on the on the couch on our side who's saying why don't you have them try it like this mm-hmm. after i do my 100 percent go for it i want i want that feedback i do i think the the important part is having the right people in the room behind the camera and in front of the camera in the casting because when you get on the set it's done sure yeah so, yeah, I totally have been upended, but to my delight. Okay. It's, I will it's, say, I've had, I feel like in most situations when I'm like fighting really hard for an actor, when I'm, when I'm like, I like this person, they're like, well, we don't really like this because this and this and this, unless their reason is like, well, we need to balance the diversity or whatever, some real technical reason. If it's just like, yeah, we've got two blondes like a, and we need a redhead yeah. or something. But, when I, I find that when I fight really, really hard for something that, um, that I usually get like what I want, but a lot of times I'm afraid to fight. Like, I'm like, well, if all these three agency folks don't get what I get from this person, maybe I'm wrong, you know? Yeah. And that's when I it's feel okay. like things. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about apart. it. Cause we're asking our actors to be that vulnerable. Right. Sure. We're, we're, we can't be exempt. Right? I, so I'll do, this is my move, Don. Okay. Specifically with casting, because what the thing that I'm oftentimes fighting against is that nine times out of ten, the client mostly, but the agency a little bit as well, they'll go hard on the um, on how attractive someone is. Like if if I have to choose between someone who's funny and somebody who's great looking, they'll always lean towards the great looking person. And my move in that circumstance is always that's like, why I'll always get hired. So you know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, not um, easy for us. Yeah, sure. Not easy. <laughs> yeah. oh, being be like, handsome, being so, so curse, looking. Curse! I was born with. Oh man. Yeah, and they'll always say like, "We want real, real looking." They want real, real, real people, people who are real models. Is what yeah. they mean. They're like, "Oh, she looks real. She's got freckles." Yeah, she yeah. is a yeah. supermodel. <laughs> Yeah, with freckles. Yeah, yeah. She's a like eighteen and one day year old. Right. Let's uh, hire somebody with freckled. an extra thumb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll go. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting choice. I think if you want to go with something like a little more like CW kind of like heightened sort of like <laughs> model esque, like you know, like a CW sort of show, I think that's a really cool way to go. And they're like, I, I love was thinking, CW. I, love I was thinking Nettie. a little more grounded. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes it, it has backfired on me a couple times, but for mm. the most part, they know that that's a, a dig. That now that's you guys, you use casting directors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Every once in a while, I'll bring in a few ringers. I'll be like, "Hey, right. bring these guys in, please." I, I, uh, I mean, my casting directors are like awesome. I, I'll give them a plug too. Yeah, yeah. Dowd Roman, Dowd Roman, they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. They're out here, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same cattle. That's call where spot you were coming down. from, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. And they're awesome. And are you they doing also Geico today? No, not today. Okay. They. Uh, but the, these guys, they, he'll walk in the room, mm-hmm. and he, he knows all of them, you know, Roman knows all of them. The casting director knows all yeah. the actors. Oh, yeah, totally. And he walks in, and he'll just go, and then walk out. So it's just a quick, <laughs> oh, it's you, quick head shake, no, yeah, yeah. and then out. If he doesn't come in, he's leaving it up to you. Oh, interesting. Wait, but they've already done a preliminary. Someone? Huh? He's telling you not to cast someone? Like, they're just not nailing. They're not hitting the mark. They're not hitting it. Yeah. They're just not hitting it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I just, did I just reveal the whole thing? No, no, no. no, no, no. Do you I love cast it. out yeah. of 200 South? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, I just, my last thing Wait, I cast out of there. 200 South is Next to the Petco. La Brea. Yeah. yeah. I call it the, the Petco auditions. Yeah. yeah. They now, have I've a, never cast out of there, but my wife is an actor, and she'll go in there all the time. Oh, yeah, well, so right. they have this really nice setup where the casting director is outside the room watching the audition on camera. Oh, right? I see. Because a lot of times they don't. And do that. and they've already, you know, my process. I, I they they do all of the prelim stuff, mm-hmm. including the call down to the, who's you're calling back, or do you choose the callbacks? I choose the callbacks, but just off tape, right? Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. So like. For each role, there's I try to keep it to ten or twelve, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's not super hefty then. That's a like depending I mean, on how many see spots. Twenty or thirty. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's ten per role. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, that's still a long day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes two days. Sometimes three days. <sighs> Man, casting is the one time I had to populate a whole town up in Pacoima, <laughs> a whole town. Right, all with featured people. Not oh extras. my god, yeah. When I did yeah. the Money Man stuff, I don't know if you ever saw it, where the no. guy was covered with money on the motorcycle. Oh wait, and I have seen those spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was mine, and and yeah. uh, we had to literally populate a town. I mean, it was hundreds and hundreds Dude, of people, and you couldn't just do extras no because they all had to have a, a California motorcycle license. Oh, oh. <laughs> hello, <laughs> should have seen that one. Hey, here it is, man. Um, it's legit. It <laughs> looks like it's temporary, but it's pretty much legit. Wait, so when we, so when you're looking at actors and casting, what's the like? Do you you just watch them do the material? Like, just is there any? Well, remember, basically. I've written the scripts, so right, right. I'm or, or and it's not just me. There's two other writers. So and, and we were writing today. We were writing a new campaign for somebody else and 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 so we have an idea in our minds and then the actors come in and we see the words acted out and we have that moment of truth where it's like we wrote a turd. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Wait, yeah. does Is that happen bad or the between the original audition and the callback? Do you change the script a lot when you see people? No, read? only the callback. I mean, you, no, it's it's the callback yeah. because you have so many bad, <laughs> so many bad bad actors. Yeah, just or or whatever the the delivery is not right or whatever it is, you know, because you you want you want a portion of it to be interpreted, but at least seeing the more focused performance, that's when you really have the moment of realization to say, ah, we shouldn't have wrote, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have wrote it down like that. (laughs) We shouldn't have wrote it down like that. 
Um, and then we change it because the sentiment is there, obviously. Mm -hmm. and, right, and, right. And that's what we're preserving. You know, we're, we're, we're preserving ideas. We happen to have the luxury of a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times we're sort of crafting the script so that the essence of the idea is preserved, even mm -hmm. though the syntax changes or sure. the language changes. The grammar change. Yeah, and then and, you yeah. see the character bring something totally new to it, and a lot of times we go, oh, man. That's right on. Mm -hmm. Right. That We're going to so take your idea, give it to this other actor. <laughs> that happens too. Sure. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's rough. I, how do you deal with that actually? Like, like what do we you... We just do it. Yeah. Yeah, if it's something right and, you know, it just kind of shakes out in the end. I, I mean, it, we just do it because a lot of times it's, that's the idea we thought would be good, but we mm -hmm. didn't write it that way. And that, you know, so like there, we were getting never... at this and you said it right. Yeah. 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 And uh, do you, what's your deal on like pantomiming during auditions are you against it for it do you care i i like for them to rehearse things as scripted then they come in depending on what they do it's a tolerable thing mm -hmm. you know but I really do wait, I, and I and I and I'll do this a lot of times, you know, to to perhaps the mystery of a lot of actors. I'll, I'll say, you know, do it again, but I like to see it slower. Slower, always <laughs> blowing my mind. I'm literally, I've only said faster ever. Like I, I that's, never say. That's what you're gonna get to. But he's you're doing not. a lot of thirty second commercials too. Which yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah but like but when you're doing like a five 15, minute scene, yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing about slower. They'll find their beats. Mm -hmm. You tighten their beats. Mm -hmm. You know? You tighten the beats. Don, that is a A-plus tip, man. That yeah. That is so good. Yeah, cool, yeah, man. Wait, wait, Slow it down. Look, that's when you, if you want to learn how to play the banjo, listen to a great, uh, like, like, Flattened Scruggs like recording. Like Steve Martin. He is a good... It was, he is a good banjo so player. I mean, there are great banjo sure. players, and then there's Steve Martin. Yeah, but sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he but hired all wanna, of them to back him up. If you want, okay, so he probably has listened to a Bela Fleck record mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. slowed it down to half speed, yeah. and that's how you find your beat. So when you hear ding 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 ding, what you're really hearing is that person's rehearsal of a ding 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 ding. Ding 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 diddly ling ding ding. So that's what I like to do with actors. I like to say, yeah. let's find what you're latched onto, and and let's slow it down. Cool. We don't have to make the time right now. We got this is the this, this is the time to tighten it. And then you see the performance. And then that's really when you can tell if your jokes are working or you're... Ah, that's so interesting, man. That's so good. Because I feel like... I don't want to speak for other people, but like so often I think you're, we're thinking of like, how do you get it all in there? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I've, I've been given a script that's I know is too long. Right? Like, that's not... That really should be 45 seconds and they want it to be a 30. Right? And so I'm like... Can I find someone who can just cram it all in there and make it work right. somehow? Micro machines it. Yeah, yeah. Well, think about what you're doing. You're boiling down the essence of an idea. So you as the director have to decide what's the idea. And if there's two, right? If there's if there's if there's some compound that exists, which darling do you kill? Mm -hmm. Sophie's choice. <laughs> you know, that is right. that's so funny though, because I'm reminded that because you've written the spots, um, you have more latitude than we do. I mean, I've never worked on a 30 that's not too long. I don't yeah, think. Right? Like, it's just. It's, oh, see, man, your stuff like, oh, should be coming in. Like, okay, so here's six a good jokes, and it's I don't like, know. You just if, have time for one. I don't one know. One on a tag. I don't know yeah. if agency people listen to this or not, but. Some do. Yeah. The okay. smart ones. We've actually both gotten jobs from agency people. Okay, yeah, here's, here's the deal hire these two guys. But write the scripts at 18 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. 18 seconds. 18. Wow. So Boom. almost half. Yeah. For a 30. With a six-second end card. 18 seconds of meat. They it's won't the, write it under. It will never happen. No, I know. 
I know. Like, They're shooting for 30. They write for 45. So yeah. have them shoot for 18. I mean, I think the move now on 10.07 p.m. on uh, Monday, June 17th, is I can, from now on, I can be like, look, the guy that does the Geico spots told me. Yeah. 18 seconds. You, you remember when that dog was eating in slow motion? Not slow motion, <laughs> but like everyone's frozen. Yeah. If you like, it was a fox. If you like, <laughs> if you like Good Geico night, commercials, everybody. then do it. If not, don't yeah. worry about it. Just yeah. write your 45 second commercial. It will squeeze to 30 and then you'll tell me there's a 12 second end card. I, I love the, I love the premise of this, this show, which is just shoot it because that's what you have to do. You know, if if you want to tell a story, just shoot it. Like, when I first started, I would I would fight everything I could just to get access to a a DV, you know, little little DVX one hundred camera or a or a or a you know mini DV anything, you know, and then just to get to uh, sixteen millimeter, just to get my hands on the tools to tell the story. And and if that's your if that's your deal, if that's what you're after. You got to go for it, and you you have to make no apologies. Don't take on a bunch of student debt. You going to NYU, USC, wherever it is, that's not the answer. You want to tell a story? Grab your iPhone and tell a really compelling story. And if it's just for yourself, tell that story and be satisfied with that story. Just shoot it oh nice do you mind if we use that in a spotify ad <laughs> go ahead <man. laughs> unpaid endorsements i recorded a record hey there you go are you would you be paid for it if people buy no it? it's like a I think that counts don tell us about your record what's it called it's called handmade content oh nice cool how would one uh listen to it don Trill music it's totally streamable i guess you could buy it so maybe it's a partially paid, paid endorsement. but that's okay nobody's man, man. making any money on it trust me on that it's it's <laughs> this is it's so a negative i did a i did a i did a project with a great buddy of mine named george massenberg who invented the parametric equalizer great friend of mine and uh i had some songs and i said you know georgia i'd love to like do some tunes you know and he's like well let me hear them so i played him a tune he goes hmm <laughs> we got a lot of work to do <laughs> But we did it. So we recorded uh, 11 songs. And I had a good time doing it. And so it's called Handmade Content. It's just for fun, but it was a great time, and I'm very proud of it. Okay, Matt, you got anything to endorse? Uh, new show on HBO, Los Spookies. You guys know the show? No. It's the new Fred Armisen show. It's oh, in I love Fred Armisen. It's all in Spanish, <laughs> and it is about this group of like young goth kids in Mexico who get hired to like do spooky shit for people. So in the pilot episode, a priest is like, oh man, this young priest is like getting all the attention. So I, I need an exorcism. Can you guys whip up a possession for me so I can exorcise someone? And then they like do like kind of like a, a kind of lo-fi possession so that he can perform an exorcism. But they're like just like goth kids who are into spooky shit. And it's super charming and like funny and weird and great. And subtitles? Yeah. Just because I'm kind of I'm working on a couple pitches right now with the, my writing partner, we are we're kind of trying to break this story, and I think we're pretty close. But I was talking to another writer friend of mine, and he said like whenever he's just like trying to figure out his story, he just casts the movie, which or the show oh, yeah, or whatever, that's fun. Yeah. just goes to IMDb or watches movies, watches shows, and like oh that person's got a cool, look. and then he'll just put a picture of them up on the wall, like while he's like figuring out the story. And it just like gives them ideas like, oh, I can picture this guy and this girl doing this thing or whatever. Right. And so today we we started doing it. We started like kind of casting. Is there story. anyone you want to um, that you cast that you could talk about? Uh, like fake cast? Yeah, fake cast. Um, I just find myself explaining her like why I like certain characters like Hugh Jackman and Prisoners. You know that movie? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a character that's kind of like that, like this kind of lone wolf type character. And so just kind of, and then there's, you know, Lee Pace, he was like the super lovable guy in Pushing Daisies. He's like the main, like kind of boyish boy, but then he's the main guy in Halt and Catch Fire. 
it's mm. like him and Scoot McNary are like the two guys that are starting the company together. So yeah, those are some names that we yeah we were looking at. So it's kind of all over the place, but it could just be like Bruce Willis would be helpful for you just as a, a process. Yeah, right? like a Bruce yeah. Willis type. I think I think it's better to go a little less movie star cliche i guess i don't know like even like we talk about like the girl from eighth grade as being like our main character i guess what i'm trying to say is just like whatever helps you write the character a little bit more clearly yeah but also i guess with an eye for like making more interesting decisions as a as opposed to like more obvious decisions you got a problem with bruce willie i think bruce willis is like so Like people associate so many things with him that it's like hard to like imagine. Fair but but I think someone like, like Demi Moore, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like he's never gonna get out of her shadow. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. How could he? Or Ashton's at that point. Where can listeners find out more about you? Say they like. Do you tweet? Are you on Instagram? What's your What's your deal? You got a website? You got a company website? Uh, DCP Productions. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oddly enough, they don't do. DCPs. Yeah, that is confusing. <laughs> DCP, what does it stand for? It's like a like digital cinema projection that's file like or the, something. That's like the file you need if you want to put a movie in the theater. This is an interesting story. <laughs> the P is for professional. <laughs> so it's Don Sherell Professional Productions is what DCP stands for. Well, there it is. That Coming is like from the guy in a bandana, a fishing shirt, and a bathing suit. <laughs> that is such a good. <laughs> this is my fanciest bathing suit, by the way. I was oh, leaving leaving this morning, and my wife goes, "Did you pack like pants?" I go, "No." You're like this is L.A., baby. Yeah, yeah. DCPProductions.net. Well, uh, if you want to find out more about the podcast and this interview and all the stuff we talked about, go to JustShootItPodcast.com. Uh, you can also email us your questions, comments, thoughts. Uh, Opinions on fart sounds at justshootitpod at gmail.com. You can find us across all social media at justshootitpod. Me at Mr. Madden Lowe. And I'm at Smitey Pileg on Twitter and at O. Kaplan on Instagram. Uh, our producer is Madeline Rosebot. Our editor is Jay McAuliffe. And our webmaster is Ewan Williams. Uh, rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And thanks for listening. And the music you're listening to right now is from the Free Music Archive and the Artist Jazar. And we will catch you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.